done it, people. We've done it. We have surpassed 100 reviews on iTunes. Thank you all so much. Um, the support from you guys on iTunes, this this lovely, passionate crew of people that we've got listening solely on iTunes. You are one of a kind, and, and what a kind you are. Um, yeah, we've surpassed 100 reviews on iTunes. If you haven't already, please do leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoy it. And if you don't, why not leave a review as well? We're always welcome to feedback. Uh, it's episode 57 of the TNC podcast this week. We welcome Connor Southwell to the podcast, and it's actually just me and Connor this week. No, Chris, he's away. Um, and we're having to now record the podcasts on Sundays for the next month. I'm moving to London, so if there's anyone about in London, drop me a tweet and uh, we'll meet up and, and grab some food or something because I'm going to be very lonely down there. Um, yeah, we, we've literally just recorded this. It's about 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. We got back at about nine o'clock last night from Sheffield United, so that the result of that Billy Sharp ninety-third um, minute goal is still pretty raw. But once again, Connor breaks the game down fantastically well with that calm head of his, and I go in all guns blazing with my slightly less calm head. So yeah, thank you all for listening. As always, uh, I hope you enjoy episode fifty-seven, and I'll see you at Carrow Road on Wednesday night. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to episode number 57 of the TNC podcast. It's all change at TNC Towers. Chris Reeve has gone to the place I like to call Tim Pot Towers. Some like to call it Alton Towers. I'm not sure why when you've got the Pleasure Beach and Pleasure Hills on your doorstep, but we'll leave that there. Uh, and Connor Southwell joins me in another studio here in Great Yarmouth. Connor, great to see you, mate. Nice to um, you. How was your stay in Yarmouth? You're still here? You're still, still here, you're yeah. still living? Still living, so uh, yeah, so far so good. Good, good, good. Um, I do want to, before we get into football chat, we went to the fish and chip shop last night, battered burger was your order. All over it. Never yeah. had anyone order yeah. battered burger. I had a taste, possible game changer. Really I recommend nice. it, I recommend it. Yeah, um, really nice. To, to, to anyone out there, really, battered burger, the way to go. And you didn't have any ketchup with it either? No, I'm usually a barbecue sauce man, to be honest. Ah, uh, um, sorry. But that's all right. No, sorry, that's I didn't right. deliver that. Um, yeah, barbecue sauce, not not a common sauce in, in the Reef household. Um, anyway, we, we took the relatively long trip up to Sheffield yesterday, although we got there in pretty good time. Um, three hours, three and a half hours. Um, it was for 89 minutes, or should I say 92 minutes, a relatively exciting football game. Mm. And I suppose for the neutral, it was a, an exciting football game. However, Billy Sharp pops up. At the end, there was his 40th league goal in 78 games, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's what Colin Murray said last night. Yeah, we trust Colin. Uh, we do trust <laughs> Colin. Um, look, mate, whatever we say, it's now one point from a possible nine. Yeah. Still no wins on the board. It's disappointing. Yeah, and, and ultimately, you know, you can break down performances and say, well, this bit was good and this bit was good, but people are going to look at the table and they're going to look at the wins column and, you mm. know, the longer that is a zero, you know, the more concern people are going to have going forwards and, and question marks are going to be raised, I think. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Sheffield United game a little bit more in detail in a moment. Let's take a step back to, to Tuesday night's game against Stevenage. They're actually doing quite well in the league, I think, still unbeaten. Mm. Um, and they nearly shocked us, I think. Um, the team was a little different. It was Shrebeni leading the line on his own. There was no Hernandez, there was no Rhodes, there was no Pukki from the start. And you could see that we're very reliant on them this season for, for, for goals going forwards. Yeah, it was really disjointed in the first half, and it looked like a side who hadn't played much together. Um, a lot of sort of younger bodies feeling their way into it. Perhaps Norwich were a bit surprised by Stevenage's physicality. They basically had eleven giants on the pitch. Yeah, uh, didn't was, you say all of their forward three were above six foot four or something? Yes, ridiculous? yeah, yeah it was, it's something ridiculous like that. But but you know, to be fair to them, and to try not to sound patronising, they did attempt to play football, yeah. um, which surprised me a little bit. I was expecting them to be a bit sort of route one and play off the second ball, but. They didn't, and um, yeah, they they very nearly did shock Norwich, but it required you know the big guns to come on and change it. You know, you Kenny McLean's on El Hernandez, and I don't think you can look at that performance and really pinpoint anyone in particular who really stood out to to sort of stake a claim going forward. And that's that's maybe the disappointing thing from Tuesday, despite the win. And yes, we've now got the, the joyous trip to South Wales in the next round on a Tuesday night from that, but. There were ten changes made in that game. A lot of their players would have been wanting first team football in the league going forwards, and maybe there weren't any real star performances, were there? No, I think I think if you were going to sort of put your hat down and and, and say free, I think you'd probably look at Ben Godfrey, Zimman beyond that mistake he made for the second goal, and probably Max Aaron's, although he wasn't tested defensively. 
um, mm. you know, Ben Goffrey was playing that position. So yeah. those are the three you sort of look at. Other than that, I thought it was all quite flat. Um, and you know, only when Hernandez came on did they have a real drive to sort of go beyond Stevenage playing a relatively high line. Mm. And of course, the formation was was very similar. I know that the fence was switched up slightly. Was it? Did we have three centre backs on the pitch? Uh, no, we didn't, did we? No, it was a four. It was a four. Yeah. And Steeperman in that weird kind of floating midfield <laughs> role that uh, that was seemed to be deploying in the league as well. Made from that. Yeah, what? What? <laughs> yeah. What? Um. What are you making of this formation at the moment? Do you think it's working? Um. I think it's a little bit lopsided, isn't it? We get we get, you know Norris try and play width on one side and then play sort of like this inside midfielder who sort of is allowed to roam. They did yeah. it again yesterday. Um. And. It hurts them for me both offensively and defensively because when they're trying to counter attack, so like they did yesterday in the second half, you've got one whip with you know Hernandez who's got mm. chalk on his boots, yeah, um, and then on the other side, you know you're asking a lot of Ben Marshall to get up, and then yeah. if we then lose the ball, we're exposed defensively. So, you know it's it's difficult for me. I'd like to see two natural wings out there um, and try and get crosses in the box because ultimately Norwich now have a goal scorer in Jordan Rhodes who yeah. absolutely you know he lives in the box, yeah, um, so. That just seems like a bit, you know, wasted to me, really. Yeah, I mean, let's now go ahead to, to yesterday's game against Sheffield United or Saturday if this goes up on the Monday. Um, I mean, first twenty minutes, you, we both turned to each other when this is going to end badly because they were on top, they were dominating down the flanks, weren't they? Lewis was struggling, Marshall was struggling, mm-hmm. and and that's maybe been a. Pa- I don't know Lewis had a fairly good game, but down the sides we looked fairly exposed. Yeah. There were balls coming into the box. We weren't winning headers. They go 1-0 up. And we're suddenly thinking, this could be 3, 4, 5-0. That first 20 minutes, we did not assert ourselves at all. No, we didn't. No, And and the most concerning thing, particularly about how they used... The, the wide areas is that they were playing wing packs and it was, yeah. it was you know basically meant to be one on t- against two but at times it was you know two on one for them mm. and they sort of dragged a forward across and we really struggled to deal with that um, I suppose if you want to take a positive out of that spell it's the fact that Norwich didn't concede three or four where perhaps last season they might have done mm. um, you know they, they had that ten minute spell where they sort of steadied the ship a bit and, and got got themselves back into the game but um yeah, I was I was quite impressed with their opening twenty. I thought the way they pressed us, you know, restricted how Norwich could play, and they had to play it quicker, mm-hmm. and that that panicked things a bit. But yeah, I think the positive is they didn't crumble, and and that you know they didn't concede three or four after that initial first goal, which you know could have easily have happened. I mean, let's break down that Sheffield United first goal. It's a a, a fairly routine corner thrown into the box. It's not out swinging. It's not in swing. It's a it's a you know a floated ball in. You've got, I think it was Tete and Marshall on the back post defending one player, lose the header. First of all, that's yeah. your big mistake. Yeah. Cruel for me, the positioning's poor. Mm-hmm. It goes straight over him. Mm-hmm. And then Leitner on the line has to be doing better. So that's four players yeah. can't handle one header. For me, that's criminal. And if yeah. you, you're conceding goals like that, you can wave goodbye to any kind of success this season. Well, I think I think they, they undid, you know, Norwich's set piece set up for, a, you know, a lot of set pieces the second half they had two free headers and you actually turned to me after, before that goal went in when the corner went I don't like the way we're, we're, we're marking no no I mean zonal marking I think there was an example of the championship I think it was Swansea who, who had six men across the six yard box Norwich had four mm. so that left the front post and the back post exposed you've got to cover those areas if, if that's what you're going to try and do um, but to then drag two of the men who are going to be covering the space in front of those mm. to the back post to then lose the header it all sort of broke down and was messy and Particularly after the way West Brom scored the set piece and you know undid yeah. it last week, it seems really bizarre to me that they persisted with it. And it was the same type of goal to that West Brom one. It was a it was a ball thrown into the back post. The mm-hmm. big man wins it at the back. It's a nothing ball, wasn't it? It was. It was. Know, it was. It was. It was designed to get the ball back across the box, and instead he's been able to guide it over our goalkeeper. You know, and and into the back of the net, and yeah, it's 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 really criminal to be to be honest. It did. It did look like an organisational problem. With me yesterday because I'm not I'm not sure if it was the setup that's fault. I know that whole zonal to man marking argument will go on forever, but for Tete and Marshall, arguably two of our smallest players, to be picking up is it Leon? Who, who was it who scored the header in the end? Uh, Egan. 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 He's, a, he's a big lad. Yeah. Tete's what under six foot. Marshall's a, a small lad. For them two players to be on him, first of all, is poor. I think there was also a, a situation in the second half where. I think it was Egan again was roaming in at the back post and no one had picked him up no. and Tete was like, oh, I better mark him now. It, it didn't look like there was a plan of how to defend the set piece. No. And that 
persisted and that pattern continued throughout the whole game. There were two mm. similar instances in the second half that Sheffield United should have scored, two free headers, and it could have been game over. It's criminal. It, yeah, it really is, and it's something they need to address at, at Colney because they'll get found out. I think Sheffield United already worked out how to unlock Norwich through uh, set pieces yesterday. West Brom, obviously, and word spreads in the championship yeah. very quickly. You know, managers are on it and, and set pieces is a strength of teams who are perhaps a bit limited technically. So um, they've got to sort that out. I, I think they've got to revert to man marking, to be honest, mm. uh, or, or go for a mixture of the two because the zone isn't working and they've yeah. been too many goals from it. We then, after that first 20-minute spell, grew into the game. I think Tim Krull made a really good save at 1-0. Hanley made a fantastic challenge at 1-0 that kept us you know, in the game. And, and to be fair, we grew. And I think mm. the reason we did was we actually kept the ball for sustained periods, which we struggled with at mm. times, especially away from home. I wasn't at Birmingham, but at West Brom, we, we sometimes gave the ball away sloppily. Yesterday, for that second stage of the first half, I thought we looked really good. What what was the difference between the first twenty and the second twenty? That the, the, the contrast in. Um, I, I think I think there was there was a moment where we got the ball out to Hernandez and basically cut through their press, and at that point they sort of recognised that they were going to have to sort of sit back a little bit, and that and that allowed Norwich to get mm. their foot on the ball and play. And it wasn't just you know the lateral side to side passing we've seen either. It was through the thirds. It was quite quick. It was it was a lot better. I thought. Um, but as you say, it's, it's just about scoring when you're on top. Yeah. Um, they they did obviously get the equaliser, but they didn't really create a lot in that period. No. And although you know, possessionally they were, they were pretty decent um, in terms of offensive output, they didn't really have too much, which is perhaps a slight disappointment of that spell, which they, which they were really impressive. And, and we all know sort of Chris Wilder and, and what he's about. And to be honest, I think. He, he does get stick, but if he was our manager, I think all Norwich fans would love him. You know, he's yeah, one of their yeah, own. He, yeah. he, he, he's a good guy for them. Tactically, I thought they set up pretty spot on. I think our, our main outlet in previous games, of course, Hernandez, but you then look to Timu Puki, who receives mm-hmm. this, the ball with his back to goal. Often when Norwich are at pressure, that's often the outlet ball, isn't it? Ping it into Timu. Mm-hmm. He'll hold it up. He'll pick a pass. That's what we didn't have this season. That's what impressed me so much this season that we've got an outlet for mm-hmm. when we're under pressure. Yesterday, Puki was receiving the ball straight away. There's two midfielders on him. He hasn't seen that mm. previously. Yeah. He had a lot of time against West Brom, a lot of time when he came in against Stephen. Yesterday, received the ball, tackled every time. Yeah. And I think that just put us straight on the back foot again, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, his game is finding pockets of space and, and being the man who gets the ball through you know, to, to the next stage of the attack. And, and they, their midfield was so condensed and so restrained that he's really struggled to find any mm. space. And every first touch was taking him back towards the Norwich goal. So, yeah. yeah, they defended him brilliantly in particular, I think, and nullified that threat pretty quickly. Um, now, for me, before we, we we talk about this this Billy Sharp goal, for me, having watched four or five games of Norwich City in pre-season and the season now, it's a fairly easy fix. I'll... I say it's an easy fix. I think it's an easy fix, and I'll get onto that in a moment. Um, but for me, blame has to go to Farker for yesterday. And I know we mm-hmm. had chances yesterday. We'll talk about one of them chances now. Morris Leitner in, in the second half. It's a lovely break from Norwich City, yeah. despite having nearly screwed up through a misplaced Alex Tete pass. But the misplaced Alex Tete pass for me, his legs are tired. Get him off. Get Godfrey on. Get Thompson on. You've got replacements. Yeah, yeah. Lightner misses the chance. He he had a poor game already. Get him off. Get Godfrey or get um, get Thompson on. Them substitutions late once again for me killed us. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that, isn't it? I think there was there was a spell from about sixty five minutes after that Lightner chance where they where they were absolutely pounding us. Yeah, um, and at that point you think. Just make sure you don't lose a game because at this level, you know, away points can be so crucial mm. in the in the long run. Okay, you don't win the game, but but people look at it in a slightly different it's momentum, way. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, after West Brom, that was needed. I think just a bit of solidity yeah. and to to give people a little bit of optimism again. So the main thing is don't lose the game. So for me, bringing on Shrebeni was perhaps a little bit naive. I think um, I know he did it at Birmingham and it worked, yeah. but it was sort of a different circumstance. Yeah. You know, we were on top in that game. Sheffield yeah. United sort of were coming on top um, and we still look threatening on the counter at that point you know you've got Hernandez who's a threat for anyone so yeah for me bring Godfrey on bring Thompson on and just make sure you don't lose the game but um, yeah substitutions were, were a bit silly for me yesterday and, and you described Leitner as a, as a passenger yesterday and I, mm. I, I, I completely I, I do like Leitner I think I think there's, there's 
definite talent there. I think his criticism, certainly against West Brom, was maybe uncalled for yesterday. Mm. I think he deserves all the criticism he'll get. Gave the ball away at times, and, and I'm not sure if it's his fault or it's Farker's fault, because that role in which he plays... Yeah. What what is his role? He's not really a number ten. He's not really a defensive midfielder. He's not a winger. Mm. What what does he do? It, it was almost putting him in the team to accommodate him, wasn't it? Which, yeah. Which you, which you can't do, at, particularly at this level. Um, you've got to be a special player to do that. But yeah, I'm I'm like his biggest fan. I think he's brilliant. But it's all about finding a place in the team where you can extract the mm. best of his qualities. And Norwich haven't found that yet, and Farke haven't found that yet. And until they do. They, they, you know, he doesn't warrant chucking in, yeah. you know, because that's only going to damage him. Well, yeah, exactly. And and yesterday he was playing this sort of strange wide role. He looked uncomfortable for a lot of it. He didn't get on the ball. He didn't make things happen, which is his quality. So. I think it was it was similar. His performance yesterday replicated Cantwell's on yes, on Tuesday. Yeah. Cantwell isn't a winger. He's right. not a player that. And I think Farker likes changing people's positions. We've seen. Um, Jamal Lewis go from a winger to to a to a left back. We've seen Max Aaron's go from a right back to a left back to a to a winger. I think he likes sculpting these players. However, sometimes mm-hmm. I think just keep it simple. He completely stifled Campwell's creativity on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. I think he had a good game, Campwell, but he could have been better. I think yesterday. I don't think an away game against Sheffield United is Leitner's type of game. I'd agree with that. For yeah. me, it's 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 a home game for Leitner to really come into his own. And when I've seen him at home, he's looked good. Away games, I'm, I'm never too convinced. And, and after seeing Godfrey's performance on Tuesday and after seeing Thompson's performance on Tuesday, that energy in mm-hmm. midfield, mm-hmm. we lacked so desperately yesterday. I, yeah. I don't mind Tete. I think he's maybe passed it a little bit. But yesterday, it's just the lack of legs on him that, that worries me. And that's yeah. what disappointed me so much about this Kenny McLean injury because he's that injection of pace that we so desperately needed. Mm-hmm. And to go from, from that to Tete is like, oh, we're back to square one here. Yeah, I, th- I think he hit the nail on the head yesterday on the radio where he said he's the most um, like Johnny Housen that mm. we've had in terms of bringing the ball out of midfield. And this is McLean we're talking yeah, about, yeah, not Tete. Not Tete, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, and, and yeah, I'd agree. I think he was a big loss yesterday, um, particularly in them opening periods where Norwich needed someone to get their foot on the ball. Mm. I think he would have been excellent. And um, also then you could have probably put Pookie in a wide position and played him sort of behind the striker and that would have given you a bit more midfield mm. balance. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big loss and it's a shame because Steve Mitchie looked really impressive yeah. when he came on. Really liked the look of him at Birmingham. Mm. Obviously, I, w- I wasn't at West Brom. He looked good at that as yeah. well. So I'll take your word for that. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing that he's going to be out until after Ipswich. But, sure. but I suppose the thing is here, it's all ifs and buts. At the end of the day, Norwich fans aren't going to take excuses. We saw on Twitter yesterday when Paddy Davitt tweeted out that quote from Daniel Farker that we're currently the best team in the league in terms of, I think, shots on target, shots yeah. off target, yeah. passes completed, something like that. All of these stats that, at the end of the day, are mostly irrelevant. Yeah. We need to be winning football matches. Yeah. There is no excuses this season. There's no, yeah, there's no excuses because, you know, Patience was already wearing thin. What is it, three wins in 19 now yeah. or something? So that's 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 relegation form, yeah. if we're being completely I mean, we're down. We're rock bottom. We're in <laughs> league one already on that form. <laughs> and, I mean, you can play as well as you want, but, you know, um, points win prizes and performances are largely forgotten. Yeah. Um, so you can play as well as you want if you lose a game 1-0 mm. and you keep doing that. You know you're going to end, but end up, you know. I agree, and I think the performance against West Brom of 45 minutes was good. I wasn't at Birmingham. You said in patches it was good, but yeah. I, I don't think yesterday's performance was outstanding. It was okay, mm-hmm. but I don't think we can. I know the goal came in the 93rd minute, and of course that's really tough to take. But I don't think we can be overly sad that we lost two one no, because no. I don't think the performance warranted much more. I think a fair result would have been one one. Mm-hmm. I think we had chances. Sheffield United had chances. They took one more chance than us, but to say that this was a, a performance to really get excited about, I disagree. I don't think it mm-hmm. was. I think mm-hmm. I think we've got the ability to create them performances, but for large parts of the game yesterday, we were dominated by a side that's led by Leon Clark and Billy yeah. Sharp, and yeah. I know that's yeah. a, an effective championship uh-huh. strike force, mm-hmm. but it's Leon Clark and Billy Sharp. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. I don't know, mate. I, I just think that I don't know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And that's my worry. It, it looks mm. very reminiscent to a lot of games we saw last season. We all know how that ended. Yeah, it's, it's a real lack of plan B, isn't it? Norwich don't have the ability to mix it up. Um, or, or rather, they don't want to mix it up. Yeah. And, and you can be as stubborn as you like and say, we've got to play in this way. But if you can't win games, there's going to be a point where you say, right, this way isn't working. We need to look at this way or this way. 
and um, that's not to say it's long ball it's not to say it's you know put 11 men behind the ball yeah. and play for a point but they've got to do something differently otherwise they're going to keep losing games and that pressure is just going to mount on Daniel Farker and I know that consistency for a, a bit of last season when we went to keep was it 10 clean sheets or 8 yeah. clean sheets in a yeah. row or whatever did work for us but We've now seen the same formation and largely the same players for the first three games of the season. The mm-hmm. first two games, picking up uh, a point away at Birmingham was good, but at the end of the day, it took a, a last kick of the game to salvage a point against the team under a yeah. transfer embargo. Yeah. We lost last week. I know they've just crushed QPR 7-1, but you know they were there for the beating. And then yesterday, we lost to Sheffield United. For me, that shouts things. Something has to change here. Whether that's the formation, whether yeah. that's the personnel, whether that's something. Because if we keep playing like this, we're going to keep losing. Yeah, it, it doesn't suggest progression that they're all after, does it? And um, they've, they've. I mean, to be fair, they've rectified some things. I think the whole getting balls into the box to a degree, they've they've rectified. Um, they've obviously brought in some, you know, better attacking players who can yeah who can score goals. But then they've sacrificed the defensive. You know solidity that we saw last year, so it's a juggling act, and at the moment they're not juggling well enough. And and, and let's talk about that that Billy Sharp <laughs> goal. Then it's first of all, I think it's Marshall down the right. He loses the ball to McGoldrick, doesn't he? Who, who came on? Yeah. McGoldrick then recycles that. I think passes it out to the right hand side. It's a long looping ball into the back post. Marshall loses his header. Closer loses his man. Billy Sharp taps in. Now for me the. The easy fix. I say easy fix. I've said it in my in, in my predicted eleven. The, the team sheet is right there that I wrote down. It's two wing backs and it's three centre backs. Marshall isn't a right back. No, he's not. I'm no, not having it. He's, he's, he's too small. He's too much of an attacking threat to be stifling at right back. Jamal Lewis, I thought was good yesterday. I thought he was good yesterday. But he's not a left back. He's a left wing back. We we've lost too many headers this season. Mm-hmm. Hanley hasn't been as good as he was last season, and 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 close was okay. But look. I think you put three centre-backs in there, you, you put your two wing-backs and you sacrifice that weird floating midfielder role. Yeah. And I don't think you're losing that game yesterday because Marshall, I thought he had a good game, but he, you can't expect him to be winning every header of, the, of, of them long balls, especially when you've got men running in behind mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And I think Closer maybe should have done better, he lost his man. But it's just them, them I think them small changes could make really big impact mm. and, and, and we're not doing it. And that's what frustrates no. me. Yeah, just just to go back on that goal, I think you you broke it down quite well. You've got the ball in the box, which uh, or the, the the loss of the ball, um, which is self inflicted. Yes. You've then got Marshall losing his header again, self inflicted, and then you've got closer being beaten by someone who's what five foot seven in the air, so um, self inflicted again, and all of that is of Norwich's. You know that could have been stopped. You know. At, at the essence and and at the end mm. of, of of that attack. Um, in terms of the three at the back, I agree. I think Norwich looked much more balanced last year when they had that three. Um, they seemed to balance being able to go forward and defending quite mm. well, um, particularly when they had tribal in there in front of that, that back three, which I think suits them as opposed to being in front of the back four. Um, but yeah, they've they've now got the players to play wing backs. They've also got Paslak waiting in the wings, Aaron is waiting in the wings, who are players who want to get forward. Yeah. And it just seems a bit restrictive playing them in fullback roles and isolating them like that. So, because yeah. whatever you say, Marshall was still getting up the pitch in the way we yeah, played. Yeah, ha- yeah. Make, make, means he has to get up the pitch. That's his instinct, isn't it? He's always been a winger. He wants to get forward and make things happen. And Jamal is an athlete, and he got forward. I think even he was a little restricted yesterday. Didn't have maybe give the service going forwards. Mm-hmm. You say they're self-inflicted. We've conceded eight goals in three games yeah. now, including Stevenage. That's nine in four. Yeah. yeah. Every single one of them goals have come because of our mistakes. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Look, that, that's that's suicidal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's too fair to Farker, it's fairly hard to, to sort of rectify as well because you can't coach individual errors, you can't account No, you can't, them. but I think I think the errors have come because of poor formation yeah, decisions yeah. and not yeah. making substitutions. Maybe, maybe more earlier. yesterday than West Brom. I think the Tim Krull slipping through his hands and the almost penalty are the two moments you pick out of that and say, yeah, they're, yeah okay. they're the errors. Um, but... Yeah, in terms of, I mean, Ben Marshall's been caught out by a ball over his head twice. Yeah. Um, is that his fault? I don't think so. I think it just comes down, he's not right back, yeah. is he? And, and that's not his fault? No, it's not his fault. It's not his fault at all. Norwich, you know, have options at right back. I mean, I know Pinto was, was out yesterday, but, um, you know, they've, they've got options there. They've got Paslak and obviously the homegrown thing obviously comes into 
to sort of waste waste itself up. But that's also our fault, I may add. Yes, yeah, it is it is yeah. So it's it's hard, you know, it's hard for for Marshall because I know he's played a whole season at right back for Blackburn, but he's um, yeah, he, he looks caught out for me. And I think we signed him as a winger as well. I think we probably did, although it was quite telling in Farker's quotes when we signed him saying he could play either side as a defender as well. Mm. I'm not convinced he can. No. Um, or, or not to the standard. Maybe he can fill in for a game, but in terms of the standard needed to mount any sort of challenge, you know, I think Norwich needs to sort out them full-back areas and pretty desperately. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll try and round this um, Sheffield United game up, Connor. Um, let, let's just get then your, your kind of overall thoughts from that game I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. we went there expecting much did we but no. to, to go into the 93rd minute and it being 1-1 and also having missed glorious chances it, it is slightly disappointing to walk away with no points yeah it's gutting but it's predictable isn't it I think um, you know Norwich had chances to win that game as did Sheffield United um, it, was, it was one of those where a draw was probably a fair reflection of the game but you couldn't have complained had any side of nicked it I don't mm. think um, but yeah it's uh, a lot of question marks now and a, a lot to, to rectify ahead of Preston enjoyed today though loved it yeah, good loved good, good. It. we'll get on to talking about Preston and Leeds in a moment um, let's get to your Twitter questions a massive thank you to everyone who tweeted us questions you can follow us at Talk Norwich City you can follow Connor I'll link him in the description and you can follow me links in the description also let's get into the first question this is Lewis Smith who goes to the Norwich City home and away games good old boy would you take Paul Lambert back no no Neither. We'll move briefly on. I think you can look at Paul Lambert's history since leaving Norwich, and uh, and, and that explains all you need. Uh, Tony Lloyd. What is Tony? He's a family guy and a Norwich fan. Good man. Um, looking at our next few fixtures, Connor. Where are our next points coming from? I don't like to be negative, but this is concerning. Mm. Preston at home, Leeds are Leeds at home, Ipswich away, Middlesbrough at home. Reading away, some really tough fixtures in there. And, and before you answer that, Connor, this is what my worry was, is we've had a tough start to the season, but we were looking at our schedule yesterday. There isn't an easy run, no. what, not on paper anyway, it's, it's always hard to predict. We could roll Leeds over in a, in a few weeks' time and be looking at the top six. Yeah. I can't predict it, and I don't think it will happen, but it is hard to tell. But this is my worry. We now go into... Preston at home, which isn't an easy game. Alex Neal is going to be sure. well up for that. They're, sure. they're, they've got, um, I think, four points on the board. Leeds at home, one of the few teams in the FL to still have a 100% record, flying under Bielsa. Mm-hmm. And then Ipswich away. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mate, that's that's not good. No, my worry is when you're aside looking at fixtures and going, well, there's no, there's no sort of easy run. Maybe you're one of the poorer sides in the division. That's, yeah. that's my worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's a tough run and I think it's a, a pretty pointless exercise circling games and saying they're winnable in this yeah. league because it's, it's you know, this league is so unpredictable um, and so for, for the majority of it, devoid of quality, maybe beyond sort of your lead so far, um, Middlesbrough as well. And it is a tough run. I think most Norwich fans will be circling the game Wednesday night and saying, well, that, that almost feels like a must win this early in the season because maybe not in terms of how the season will end up but in yeah. terms of thoughts on Farker yeah. I think it's a must win for him personally and, and once we, we've seen it with so many managers over over the time once you lose the fans it's yeah. game over I don't think you could win fans back over no, my no. personal opinion no I don't, I don't think he's, he's lost all of the fans no. but I think they, they're heading towards that way now you know three wins in 19 is not good enough or do, or do you think fans still have um, confidence in the project rather than Farker because yeah. Webber's been very clear that the, the head coach is easily replaceable mm-hmm. this is why we've made this project you can yeah. easily drop bits out and pull bits in mm-hmm. and hopefully it doesn't change too much Yeah, I think people are starting to lose faith in Farker personally yeah 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 I think but I think people like to are. stick by this project yeah and, and I think you can stick by the project and, and, and not stick by Farker to be honest I think that's that's a per, you know that is that's fine in this setup. Um, if I'm if I'm Weber personally, I think I look at it and go, well, I've come in this club, I've tried to rip everything up and start again. I've put this man in the driving seat. He is my man. Mm. I'm going to look pretty stupid if that goes you know the wrong way. Yeah. But then he's going to have to have the um, trying to use the politically correct term, but the <laughs> the personality maybe to sort of identify that it's not working and pull mm. it out and say right we need someone else 
Mm. Um, I'm not sure if he'll do that yet, mainly because he said on Thursday night about how the head coach isn't just judged on winning games, he's judged on how he's installing the philosophy, how he's developing young players. Um, and, and I love that, and I, and I do love the project, I genuinely do. Mm-hmm. But you don't win the league in terms of who has no, the best philosophy. No, you don't. And and I, I wonder if he is still around maybe because of his ability to add money onto players. You look at Madison, Murphy. Um, and, and I think last season particularly, Norwich needed that because yeah. they were in a big hole. Yeah. This season, they're a bit more stable. He's going to get judged a lot more for what happens on the pitch as opposed to what he does off it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he could find himself in trouble if he, if things don't turn and turn quickly. So where do you stand, Farker? I'm not going to say Farker or Farker, but what's your kind of what's your gut say? Um, I think at the moment, after three games, it's it's really hard to to sort of pin your pin your colours to any mast. Um, I, I've been relatively impressed by the performances. Not not blown away, but I think there has been improvement from last year in performances. But as I said earlier, you know, performances are, are forgotten if you don't win games. Um, so ultimately if he can t- turn the performances that we've seen into points I don't think Norwich will do too bad this year but if we're sitting here particularly before Ipswich without a win I think major question marks are going to be asked and people are saying you can't judge him after five games so it's not five games it's mm. the games before last season as well and that'd be what three wins in 22 or something yeah. it'd be um, a staggering record I think definitely uh, Bob Burrows um, he's replied to my tweet that said I, I tweeted out yesterday but don't think we deserve to lose that but at the end of the day it's still no wins this season in the league that's not good enough big reply needed Bob Burrows has replied to that and put come on Jack I, I was there and they completely dominated us for large parts of the game we could have nicked it I know with those two chances in the second half but they created more agree Bob uh, we don't look secure at the back and surely he has to go three in there to get Zimmerman back in Agree. I agree with all of that, Bob. And and I think last season, Connor, we looked best with that three mm-hmm. centre-backs and two wing-backs. For, for yeah. and, and that's why I wanted to see it at Sheffield, and that's why I think we lost, because we didn't deploy it. Yeah, agreed. And we'd have matched them as well, because they played a three at the back and were really physical. Um, yeah. You know, for, for large parts, we couldn't get Jordan Rhodes in the game, which I think is why we struggled a bit more. Um, and, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Zimmerman back in. I think he, he is an imposing figure. Yeah. Um, I think maybe... Godfrey as well in one of those defensive free roles I'd like to yeah. see as well just just for just to experiment and see if it works yeah but yeah I agree I think if Norwich would have deployed that yesterday I think they'd have been a lot more balanced yeah uh, Ben Ambrose he is saying Connor is all the fame getting to Connor's head I hear he doesn't have any time for his day ones anymore now Ben I'll have to expose a little truth here Connor brought a, a rucksack last night and I offered him the spare room and he said, no, I'm going to be sleeping on a bed of £50 notes tonight. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. And, uh, so not only is the fame going to his head, the money's going to his head as well. You saw him yesterday with them premium chocolates. You saw him yesterday with them 37p Jaffa cakes. I'm just saying, mate. Yeah, it's not looking good, is it? No, that, that tweet also got four favourites. One, one of the big performers. Did it? Uh, so, so nice work, Ben. Um, Alex says, give the people what they want at Chris Revo. I think Chris is probably combusting somewhere in Alton Towers, just fuming at Chris Wilder because re- he really does hate Chris Wilder. He hates Chris Wilder. Uh, so I'm sure Chris will be back soon. He's just riding the teacups at Alton Towers at the moment. Uh, right, George Crisp. Uh, Colin, this is probably one for you. Uh, he's put, if Farker has sold Madison and Murphy, make around £30 million, then surely a manager should be using that money to sign quality players. I heard a rumour on Club Cabbage, and there's a lot of rumours spreading about Club Cabbage, uh, that Farker is not being given the funds. So where on earth is this money going, Connor? And who is responsible? Well, when you, when you drop out of the Premier League, yeah. um, you get parachute payments. When you lose parachute payments, you, your revenue drops from about forty million to about eight million. Mm. Therefore, you've got what a twenty million pound hole that you have to fill. So Madison for north of twenty million, that's where that twenty million has gone. Um, the Murphy money probably being spent largely on wages, I would imagine, and then the remainder of that is what you've got to bring players in. So that's where the money's gone. Yeah, it's no mystery. And George, if you if you really want to bore yourself, mate, go on the Norwich City website, have a look at the club accounts. All companies have to post their their accounts for the year. Norwich City exactly the same. Have a look. And through you, can, the you can 
on those accounts as well, if you're particularly boring like me, you can work out how much Norwich have sold players for, if you're that boring. Yeah, um, and we also saw yesterday, it's not all bad at Norwich, because we saw Sunderland last season, someone had scrolled through their accounts, they were paying £1,000 a month for someone to rearrange their plastic flowers in their offices. Well, money well spent. Money well yeah. spent, and, yeah. and, and maybe that's what we're lacking. Maybe get the bees in. and you know, Yeah, I mean, Stuart Webber talks about marginal gains. Maybe that's what we're lacking, greenery. Yeah, I agree, yeah. In the offices. Uh, Nick O'Brien replied to George's um, point, and, and I guess this, this reinforces it. He said, mate, the money's gone, and they're still paying Malumbo's wages off. Yeah, I think they're still paying quite a few players' wages off. You know, Naismith, uh, Russ Martin, Oliviera, you know, they're all going to be on big money. Um, Malumbo's another one, obviously, released. They're probably going to still be playing a portion, I would imagine. Uh, and, and they'll still be playing transfer fees as well. They'll still be paying money for Yannick Vildsker and, and whatnot, who they have to pay for over three years. So, And, and by the way, what's Yannick doing at the moment? Oh, he's whipping out for Bowles. Yeah, really, there we go. And, and, and it's a shame that we haven't got a player who can score one-on-ones much like Yannick Vildsker at Bolton yesterday. Uh, Alex, who once again is coming in, he says, do you believe in karma, Connor? I think Rhodes, is, Rhodes does after that celebration and loss yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, he got carried away with it, didn't he? It um, was a great celebration. It was a great celebration. I think if one of their players did it to, to at Hillsborough, they'd love it. So yeah. it's one of those. You hate it if it's against you, you love it if it's for you. Um, I've got no problem with it. And, and, and Chris Wilde's celebration, certainly. Exactly, yeah. They so, got their own back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, right, Callum Harrison. Currently, which position in the Norris City team is the weakest um, in terms of ability and depth in the squad? And that comes from a Shakespeare canary. Full back areas for me. I think they're the issues that desperately need addressing. I mean, the left back situation will no doubt improve because Lewis is back. Um, yeah. But that right back situation still question marks over Pinto. Marshall doesn't look comfortable. I think we have three good wing backs, don't we? But yeah, 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 right yeah we've got good wing backs, but but no out and out right back. And if you're going to play with a four, you need a right back. So. So does that mean we change the formation? I think I think it suggests so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Saluting Sabreni, good old Sabreni. Um, he's back, love him. Uh, based on recent games and not meaning to be too negative here, Connor, but would you rather we have a few mediocre seasons in the Championship followed by several successful Premier League seasons or get promoted this season but then only one season in the Premier League? Um, you never, I'd, I'd never settle for mediocrity. I think you'd take your chances at going up this year and back... Weber to, to spend money to, to survive to be honest I, I don't think if Norwich went up they'd be as reckless in terms of spending so I, I don't think you can ever settle for mediocrity I think the moment you do you become mediocrity yeah. so um, for me I'd always be promotion every time I think I think the worry for me is uh, salute Sabreni is and I said it last I think I, did, I think the first podcast we'd done of this pre-season we'd started it um, a decade defining season and for me, if we don't go up this season, which I don't think we will, and I didn't predict we will, we'll be in this league for quite a while. I think it's just the way the finances work. I think you look at a lot of the clubs, Ipswich, the Sheffield Wednesday, um, Leeds, there's a lot of big clubs in this league. Yeah, who, it gets hard. It, the longer you're in it, the harder it gets to get And that gap, gap between the Championship and the Premier League. Yeah, and I mean, Norwich well. have now been in this league three years, you know, and, and people are saying, well, these fixtures are tough and these fixtures yeah. are tough. Two years ago, they were winnable fixtures. Yeah. So... That just shows a change in mentality, yeah. I think. And, um, yeah, I think it, it's going to become tougher. And it, it's already really tough for Norwich to get out of the league. I don't think they will this year. Mm. Um, because I don't think they've got the squad to. But the longer you're in this division, the harder it is to get out of it. I mean, see Ipswich, see, as you say, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, Leeds, you know. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Coleman, um, kind of what has to happen for you to be fuck out? Uh, I, th- I think this needs to continue for a sustained period. Uh, for me, he needs, what, 18 months of that Probably be you're probably looking at a couple of months, aren't you? Yeah. Um, for him to sort of really be judged, but he, you know he's got his own squad now for the most part. Um, it's it's his players that he's brought in, and it's his philosophy he's trying to put across. So the onus is all on him now. He's mm. got no excuses. He can't hide behind the fact Norwich have sold players because he's attempted to replace them with his own. Yeah. So um, yeah, for me, rapidly sort of going the other way. I think. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, mate is. Is we need to. Tr- I'm not overly fussed on results. Of course, we need to see results. I think we'll finish mid table, and I, and I stick by that. I don't think we're certainly not going to go down. I don't think we're going to go up. 
But what I'd like to see is Daniel Farker trying to change things within a game and also between games. Yesterday, for me, it was easy to see what we needed to change. It never happened. It was the same against West Brom. I think for large parts of the Stevenage game as well, I think he left it too late to change. And it was just because Stevenage lack of quality that we ended up getting through that game. I think it's undoubted that Farker's a good coach. I think we've seen the development of Onel Hernandez. Mm -hmm. He's got Jordan Rhodes scoring goals. He's got Timmy Pukey playing some really nice stuff. He's brought Grant Hanley on from a, from a Newcastle um, reject into one of the championship's finest defenders. He's developed Madison into a £25 million player. There, there is a good coach in there. And I do like him. But at the end of the day, as you say, Connor, it's three wins in 19 or whatever it is. Yeah. That's not good enough. And if that doesn't change quickly, then change is needed. Yeah, I've always, I've always been very positive about Farker and the work he does off the pitch in terms of on the training pitch and you know his development of players. Um, you know, he, he tends to make players, you know, multi-positioned, if you like, which is a very continental German yeah. way of thinking of it. Ben Godfrey, who was solely a midfielder, mm. he's tried to make a centre-back, mm. you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if he tried to make him a full-back and, and good at free position as opposed yeah. to outstanding in one, which is the German way. Um, I, I like the guy. I really do like the guy. But it's about, can he set up a team to win in this division? I wonder. Yeah. And, and look, I think... The deepest part about this, we often win when he's wearing the army green parker. <laughs> we often lose when he's wearing the black yeah, parker. Yeah. Stuart Webber, you were at that fans forum on Thursday. He yes. painted the away change rooms pink because it lowers testosterone and makes the away team calmer and stuff. And what does he turn the heating up to make them more fatigued or mm. lethargic? Mm. We need to be looking at Farker's parker choices because that, I think, is, is what it's coming down to at the moment. Uh, Peter, now he's saying, um, would you take Mick McCarthy in for Daniel Farker when we get rid of him? In brackets, yes, I said when, not if. Um, Mick McCarthy currently doing punditry on Talk Sports, Sky Sports. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't. Um, I, I think Mick McCarthy really would be a statement of mediocrity, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, so Kipsich in the playoffs? Once, yeah, yeah. once. Uh, and didn't pan out the best for him, <laughs> did it? Um, no, I like I like Mick McCarthy as a guy. I just wouldn't particularly want him at my football club. No, but, no, but I, you know, no, I agree. I, I love Mick McCarthy. I, you know, what I'd really like to see him doing co-coms with Chris Gorham this season. Love that. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. Chris, if you're watching or Rob or whoever, someone at BBC Radio Norfolk, make that happen. Mick McCarthy on Radio Norfolk. I'd listen. The Derby games. That'd be good. Oh, imagine, imagine. <laughs> um, Lewis Fuller. Connor, what's your opinion so far on the partnership of Hanley and Close? Um, maybe mine's a bit different to others. I think there you've got two international centre-backs who, yes, should be doing a lot better, but I don't think they've been given a lot of protection. Um, I don't think Teddy looks particularly 100% fit at the moment. Tribal's had a relatively poor start to the season, I'd say. Um, they've got full-backs who aren't full-backs. Um, mm. there's a lot of space down the sides they're having to split that leaves space in the middle it's making them look a lot worse than, than they are um, of course they shouldn't be conceding goals but I think the issue the more pressing issue is with the fullbacks and making sure the line as a, as a four if mm. you're going to play with a four is solid as mm. a whole as opposed to being sort of disjointed and players playing there who don't actually play there that's, that's my opinion but yeah they've got to do better yeah definitely uh, Joe Denton this is an interesting one Connor um do you think that players are overcoached by Daniel mm. Farker? Too many players having lapses of judgment has to be a link in there somewhere. This is a really interesting point, yeah, and one that I hadn't put much force in until I saw the question last night. Um, I think it's a real possibility, yeah. If, if, if Norwich are being coached through every given scenario, you lack for any sort of spontaneity and you know freedom mm. to play. Um, which can be restrictive because then you're playing theoretical football as opposed to football in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that can lose, you know, it, it can become predictable, I think. So I think it's definitely a possibility, yeah. I wouldn't write, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, I, I think for me, I think Farker's trying to give the forward players real freedom and I think that's worked at times this season. I think for me where this question becomes really interesting is, is through the middle of the pitch where... I was really impressed against West Brom because we did, there was pace and there was tempo and, and that's what really impressed me and that's where I could kind of gloss over the, the defeat. Yesterday, it was very reminiscent of what we saw last season. I almost knew what pass was going to be played before it was played. Yeah. Yeah. The movement off the ball was, was very 
strategic and yeah, and, yeah. and I don't know. Rehearse. Yeah, rehearse. I think that's that's the word for it. So yeah, Joe, I think there might be something in that. Whether that will change, I don't it's think it will. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Um, but I think I think there's something definitely something in that in that question. I think, I think you know simplicity prevails in this league, doesn't it? It's why Warnock and Wilder do so well because they're not you know they're not going to meticulously set up a team to go through every phase of play. But we've all on on the flip side, we've also seen Bielsa doing so well at Leeds and yeah. he is very meticulous in the way he works. He is, yeah, he is, but he's more to do with space as opposed to where players are at given times. Players will exploit spaces as opposed to positions, which I think is is slightly different because But it's still meticulous. It's it's meticulous, but it's almost a different way of thinking about things and I, I you know, that that could still crash and burn. But you know, Bielsa is, is a genius in his own right. You know, he's taught Guardiola and Pochettino, so um, I'm not sure if the two are compatible, really. So you say Farker isn't a genius? Um, on the evidence I've seen over the last 18 months, not so far, no. <laughs> uh, Docker Dobma saying Yannick is having a great start to his season at Bolton. I hate to say it, people, but I did tell you so. Uh, would you recall him from his loan deal, considering we lacked width from one side of the pitch during yesterday's game? You wouldn't recall him? No. If, you, if you're going to send out a player online, there's a reason for that, I think. And then, yeah, I, I, I think you've got to let the lad play football because yeah. ultimately he's not going to get it here, is he? No, I'm, I'm dead chuffed that Yannick's doing really well because, look, we signed a good player. We killed him at Norwich in, in the way we've set him out. He's doing really well again. Good stuff for Yannick. Uh, and by the way, Bolton flying. They are flying, Absolutely yeah. flying. I wonder how long they can keep up for, but flying, yeah. Yeah, and of course they've got depth in the goalkeeping area now as well uh, Michael Bowers Sunderland fan here but do you think Norwich will stick with Farker um, or do you think sticking with Farker is key to achieving anything this season also where's Chris Revo buggered off to uh, he's done his one away game of the season he might be turning up for Ipswich he's gone <laughs> to Tim Pot Towers as I've said earlier uh, riding the teacups over there Um Interesting question from from Michael Bowers, Sunderland fan. They're struggling a little bit in League One this season. Um, is consistency needed? Do we stick with a manager and just give him as much time as he needs? No, because I don't think you can stick with something that's not visibly not working. Um, and as I say, I, I don't think Farker's a bad coach. I, I just think the way he sets the team up isn't right to this division. Mm. Um, it's 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 more continental. It's more German. Um, which is fine. I mean, it worked with Huddersfield, but they did it simply. It was just a high press and get the ball forward quickly. Norwich are more, um, you know, he coaches Norwich more through the phases of play, which I think is, is different to Huddersfield. So why can't we beat Huddersfield? Because I think it's a different style. Wagner was, was very, I've got limited footballers. I'm going to do what I can do with limited footballers, which I think is often what teams who um, don't spend money have to do to get up. Um, Paul Lambert was very like that. Norwich weren't the best football inside mm. in the division, but... They got the ball out wide. They brought balls into the box, and they had Grant Hart up front, who you know loved being in the penalty area. My my argument for that would be: we've had the opportunity to sign wide players. We've had the opportunity to sign yeah. the next Grant Hart. Yep. We haven't done it. We've chosen no. it's gone a different way. Yep. That's Farkas' fault. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I I feel for Farker in the sense that he's been operating with his hands behind the back in in terms of you know he's watched his best players get sold. Um, you know, he, he... But at the same time, Connor, and I, and I do agree, he had Angus Gunn last season, he had James Madison last season, yeah. he had Harrison Reed. Yeah. We finished 14. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair so... point. It's a fair point. But um, on the other hand, you say, well, he lost Pritchard and he lost Murphy, and I know how much he was he was trying to, you know, he was looking forward to playing with Pritchard and Madison. So, um, but do you think that would have taken us from 14th to sixth? I think it might have taken us from 14th to 11th. But it would have taken us from 14th and sixth. So. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball and I wish I could say, you know, what he's going to do in the future. But he, he has to show some variation, otherwise fans are going to get pretty sick pretty quickly. Yeah, we'll, we'll finish on, on this question from Reliable Roads. Um, yeah, we love Reliable Roads. And he simply asks, how reliable am I? On the evidence of so far, fairly. <laughs> two, two and three. The, the positives of this season has certainly been that front three, hasn't it? Pookie, I've been really impressed with. Yeah. Roads... Look, I'm eating humble pie on that one. He's he's completely proved me wrong. Looks a, a player bang in form, and Hernandez has mm-hmm. been involved with every single mm-hmm. Norwich City goal this season. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 you know, if you want to um, hold on to some positives, it's it's definitely Norwich going forward. Uh, Hernandez has added end product. He looks a world beater so far. I think he's five assists in, in three games or something, and 
as you say, he's been involved in every single Norwich goal in, in doing something within it. So his quality um, has been brilliant so far, and I think he stepped out of Madison's shadow and, and really, yeah. really grabbed the mantle. Um, Rhodes, as you say, I was a bit worried. Was he going to be this expensive lump who you know can't run anymore and can't score anymore? But to be fair, he does run very oddly. Yeah, he does run like a T Rex. <laughs> yeah. That's a good. Yeah, that, that's what I was. I was thinking. What does he look like when he runs? It's definitely a T Rex. A bit like that. Yeah. Um, but but no, he's 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 been good so far, and and it's not just his goal scoring. I think he's impressed me with his aerial ability. Yeah. Um, Defensively, yesterday was good as well. Defensively, he was good yesterday. Um, yeah, and, and I think he's held the ball up relatively okay, yeah. particularly against West Brom Birmingham. Less so yesterday. But um, yeah, I think he gets branded as a goal scorer, which he is. But it's not all he does. Yeah. Um, good. Thank you for all of your Twitter questions. Let's get into previewing this week's games. So, if anything couldn't be going much worse, Connor, we welcome Alex Neal back to Carrow this week. It's a Wednesday game or Tuesday game? Wednesday. Wednesday game yeah. against Preston North End. I'm worried. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me why not to worry. Or are you also worried? Um, no, I'm. 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 I'm not too worried good. at this stage. I, th- I think. Good. I think. I think Norwich will get through this one. Um, Preston, you run the mill championship side. So, I mean, Alex, one thing Alex Neal's not going to let happen is for Norwich to sit around and lick their wounds for the first 20 minutes. They're going to have to start well and they're going to have to be on it because Neil and his, is going to get his players right up for it because yeah. he's going to want to win here. And, and, you know, I think Weather made some comments about him, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so, so I think he's going to want to prove people. There's going to be things chucked about before the game's even started. Yes, yeah. And, I mean, Norwich lose that. Carroll is going to be toxic. Absolutely toxic. So um, Four games in already. I know, oh. I know, yeah. I know. Um, so, <laughs> the pressure on this game already, and it's ridiculous saying this four games in, is so huge. As it, Again, as I said earlier, not for the complexion of the season, but in terms of people's thoughts towards Farker, I think it's, it's, it's huge yeah. for him. Um, and, and, yeah, one thing Preston are going to be is solid and and organised yeah. which is quite funny saying that for an Alex Neal team but he has got them solid and organised he has yeah and, and of course the return of, of Declan Rudd as well mm-hmm. we, we look at Preston's form mid-table one win one draw one defeat Admittedly, zero goal difference zero <laughs> goal difference am I also right in saying talking about goal difference Daniel Farker has never been in a positive goal difference yeah as far as I'm aware that's correct yeah that's mad isn't it um, Preston's one win coming against Steve McLaren's QPR side who, who do look relegation fodder at the moment it is of course early doors yeah. this what what team do we go for there were, there were a few questions that I didn't answer on there because there were a lot of people asking it a lot of people yeah. saying what changes do you make for, from Saturday's game going into this Preston game it's going to be at home there's always a home advantage there will be a little bit more space mm-hmm. I think what do we do what team do we deploy to get that desperate win um, I, I think he'll go back to sort of the four-one-four-one at home. Four-one-four-one. Okay. And yeah, which I know seems quite negative, but it's quite good because it can. It's quite flexible. You can go to a four-two-three-one with it. You can go to a back three if you need be. So we're still not going with three at the back. I wouldn't personally okay. yet, but purely because, but I would put Godfrey in that mid sort of the defensive midfield role. So if then there was an opportunity to change halfway through the game. Yeah. You could do that quite quite easily. Well, I don't think Tete will be starting, really, because I think he went off with I don't, cramp. I don't think Tete or Tribal will be will be starting particularly. I, I think it will be. I think he'll turn to Godfrey, and I think he might turn to Thompson as well, yeah. just just to try something different. Because yeah. you know, it's, if not, he's he's going to get pelters for trying the same thing. And, and I'm not being funny. If if I'm Ben Godfrey, if I'm Louis Thompson, having performed so well in pre season. You've suddenly got a Remy Matthews situation on your hands. You've suddenly got a Yannick Borchgut yeah, situation yeah. on your hands going, look, we've done all we can. You're not playing us for players that aren't performing. Mm-hmm. Send us out on loan. Particularly Godfrey as well, because he obviously had such a good loan spell yeah. at Shrewsbury last year. It, it seems to me a waste of his time and a waste of his development to have him here sat on the bench. He yeah. needs to play games. Yeah. And I do think he'll overtake Teddy at some point. Um, but I'm quite shocked it's not happened yet based on Teddy's level of performance. Because it hasn't been... They've not been world beating, have they? Teddy's performance has been. They've no. been solid on the he's, whole, but he's, he's, he's a man on the wrong side of thirty. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. I mean, I, I like Teddy. I, I always have. I think he, Norwich looked much better as a side with him in it than without it. But there's going to have to be a point where you make way for him and try and bring someone else through. And I'd mm. rather watch Ben Godfrey develop into a player that will be better than Alex Teddy yeah. than Alex Teddy as he is declining. Mm. So. I, I personally think that's got to happen. It's got to happen soon because Teddy doesn't really look particularly fit to me. Score prediction for that one. Mm. 
I think based on the fact Norwich have to win um, and based on the fact there's so much pressure around the game already, I think Norwich will just do it. It'll be a tight 2-1. 2-1. I'm going to go 2-0. I think this game's going to be very similar to the QPR game at home last season when mm-hmm. Harrison Reed scored that worldie. I think we also went into that game last season having not yet won a game. And that was a big one. Admittedly, it was completely different circumstances. It was all very early into the Farker regime, but we just about pulled through it. And then I think we then lost the following week to someone. I can't remember who it was. I think this could be something that might be just papering over the cracks a little bit. And then you go into Leeds, which we'll talk about. Bielsa's Leeds, flying high at the mm. top. Will the bubble burst? If if the bubble bursts, I think it will burst spectacularly yeah. because of... The, the way he is I mean, he's, he's nicknamed the madman yeah. um, but he's an absolute genius of, about football um, and he's, he's got them playing football which is quite revolutionary for this level I think so so far they look unbeatable but it's, it's the sort of game Norwich pop up and play quite well in yeah. it's, you know by, by sort of if you look at, look at history and whatnot but um, Norwich could get really really beaten heavily mm. by, by Leeds because of the way they've set up and, and the way they're just brushing teams aside mm. um, and if Bielsa gets it to click it's going to click so well and they'll, yeah. they'll walk the league but it is about that bubble bursting because it's just like a ticking time bomb that Bielsa's an interesting one his nickname El Loco isn't it yeah I think, which I think is Madman yeah. Dan O'Hagan said that so oh really can, we'll, can, we'll, we'll trust Dan yeah. um, I was listening to the football round I was speaking to you kind of Bielsa I think Leeds' owners, they, they were looking for a new manager. They flew out to Argentina and were, were interviewing Bielsa. And they said, well, what do you know about Leeds as a club? And he then reeled off every single formation that they played throughout the season, the results, what he would have changed. And they were like, yeah, we'll give this man a job. It's going to be a fascinating one. Leeds fans always travel in numbers. It's mm-hmm. going to be intimidating. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about that one, I must admit. But like you say, it could be a situation when like when Newcastle came down a couple of seasons ago or, or Wolves last season. And we lost that game, but we often seem to perform quite well at home against the teams that yeah. you don't expect us to. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think if Norwich lose to Leeds, most people will push over their shoulders and say, well, Leeds have had the start. They've had. They're, they're probably going to win the league. If based on early form, yeah. um, obviously anything can happen. Um, but you have to judge what, what you've seen so far. And based on what you've seen, they've been the best team in the championship yeah. for me. So it's going to be difficult, that one. But um, and, and Norwich aren't going to be able to get away with the sort of lateral possession football that they want to play because Bielsa has his team pressing so high and in packs. And it's going to be... It's not going to be pretty if Norwich try and, and play the way they have been. So Stick Hanley up top again. It worked really for it. against West Brom. Go for it. I'm here at this stage. We, we might as well give it a go. School prediction for that one? Um, I think it'll be quite a heavy defeat. I think it might be 3-1 Leeds. 3-1 Leeds. Yeah, I'm going to go for a Leeds win on that one as well. Despite that though, Connor, it's two home games in a week. Mm-hmm. If there were any fixtures we wanted, it would probably be two home games in a week after the start we've had. Yeah. What's the minimum points requirement we need from that? Uh, or return, I should say. Return, I, I think. You'd, I think. I think most supporters would be. I mean, if if we're at the state, I think three for me personally, just because I I don't think Norwich will compete with Leeds particularly. Um, but I think if if you're a fan, look at it and the situation Norwich are in. I think you'd be quite upset if they didn't get four. Yeah. For me, four is the minimum. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think you need to be you need to be beating Preston, and I think you need to be showing up and and proving a point against Leeds. Yeah, I, th- I think because I, I, yeah. I think no matter how I, Leeds have played spectacular football this season, a, a loss is still a loss. A loss kills momentum. A, a heavy defeat certainly kills momentum. But more importantly, a loss kills fans' momentum more than anything. Mm-hmm. If you beat Preston Happy Days, we're rolling again. You then lose to Leeds, you're back to square one. You go against Ipswich, and you've got that midweek trip to, to South Wales in between, which we're inevitably going to lose because we'll be playing kids. You're going into that off the back of a, of a really shit time. So, for me, four points minimum. Anything less than that, I'm worried. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's 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 probably a fair reflection. Um, it's it's been a really odd opening three games. I think because I think if we sat here with Norwich having nine points, I don't think anyone could have really complained based on the performances. But the, the fact they haven't, yeah, um, makes it a completely different situation. Um, yesterday, perhaps they didn't warrant a win as much as they did Birmingham, or as much as they did in that first half against West Brom. 
But had they have won the game, say had Lightning scored, had Pookie or Rhodes have, have converted, and Norwich have won that game 2-1, I don't think anyone, particularly from a Sheffield United side, could have complained too It would much. have been a great away performance. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, it would have been a really resolute championship performance. But it's the fact that the issues are the same issues and yeah. they're not being yeah. rectified, yeah. Which, no, is, which is the issue. Definitely, and I think you just have to look at that stat. It's three wins in 19. Mm-hmm. This isn't a... a I'm not suddenly saying that things need to change after after three games. It's been a season and a, and a bit. Um, anyway, that's that for this week. Thank you so much for watching episode 57 of the TNC podcast. As always, if you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, please subscribe on there and leave us a review. We've just hit 100 reviews on iTunes, which is good. We're still a five-star rated podcast, which is lovely. Uh, go and follow Connor on Twitter. A massive thank you to all of our main sponsors. Um, I shall see you at Preston. You shall. See you later. Bye-bye.